Welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Sherry Wills, I am so excited to be interviewing you for She's the Boss Chat. So thank you so much for agreeing to do it. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I know. It's great to have you here. So let's start off by telling everybody what it is that you do. Well, I'm a, nu- I'm a clinical nutritionist by yeah. trade, I suppose, what, what you would say. Um, and one of the programs that I introduced into my practice over 10 years ago was Metabolic Balance. Um, that was all back in England. And then right. when I moved to Australia and set up here and kind of cut a very long story short kind of thing, I then took on the management and the promotion of Metabolic Balance here in Australia. And I now am fully in charge of, the, of this German nutrition program called Metabolic Balance here in Australia and New Zealand which I'm delighted to say I've done and is absolutely amazing. Um, And I did it with a whole lot of other women and we all were blown away by the difference that food can make to how you feel. And I think the thing... And just all those other things like aching bones and bloated stomachs and things like that. The thing that I always really want people to know about metabolic balance is that it's not just while you're doing it. It's this ongoing knowledge and... It really becomes it's the brilliantness of itself, to be honest, after a couple of years even. As in, it's not this short-term just, okay, I'll do this one diet once and then, yeah. okay. It's, no, it's um, a real education it's process. The, it's a real so. education that's really personalized to you. And when, you, when somebody truly grasps it, it is literally like a watershed moment where they went from not knowing at all how to look after themselves and their body not really working for them and everything being hard and difficult to actually this realization, it doesn't have to be hard and I can look after myself and I don't have to have endless doctor's appointments and no. endless and other appointments. it's what you put between your teeth, basically. It is. <laughs> it's what you do Amazing. every single day. It's what you do every single day. That's yeah, really what yeah. it's about. But Yeah. Yeah. So why, why why do you love metabolic balance so much? And and then we're going to go back into your past, your mm. deep, dark past. So just tell yeah. me at, a, at, at, you know, the beginning level, because I know there's a bit of a story that goes with it as well. I, so I think the why, I, I mean, I've been doing, I've been looking after people with their, like helping them with their nutrition for um, 12 years now. And um, the, and I, and I've been using MB for, for sort of 11, 10 of those really. Right. And, um, every single time you help somebody and you, it's, it, I can't even, sometimes I wish I could really bottle it and, 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 and <laughs> say the true difference that you can get for people and the, this, um, Oh, well, here, here I'll tell you the thing that made a big difference to me was that you and I were chatting and you said, oh, look, someone's just sent me a message. They've been doing it since last October. Mm. And I think this was in January or February. Mm. Mm. And and you said, wow, you should hear what this person said. And I said, read it to me. Mm. And you said that this person had had, and I can't remember specifically, but let's just say kidney issues, pre-diabetic, 
um, couldn't sleep, aches yeah. and pains. I can't even remember what it yeah. was, but it was a big long list of things. Yeah. And they said they had lost 35 kilos and changed their life. Yeah. And I remember going, wow, it's an incredible diet. Yeah. And you said it's not a diet. It's not a diet. And then this person said, I no longer am pre-diabetic. Yeah. My kidneys now work fine. I don't have any aches and pains. I sleep through the night. Mm. And I was like, yeah. that's I, extraordinary. And, yeah. and I just remember you saying at the time, I get these all the time. Mm. And that's, I mean, so like I only had, I'm just why. thinking, I have, I do get them all the time. You, And it's just one person at a time always. And it's just the consistency of it. And it's how it, what people think is their bodies or how it work, how that they have to put up with that. And actually they, right. they once, once you start fueling your body in the right way, it's just incredible what you can then do. It, I mean, or what the body will actually resolve. And we are not talking about miracle cures either. What I'm literally talking about is getting people to their true potential. And so many times there is this fog almost that sort of just stops the body working properly. And you think I you've think, got to have called, the new... Is, is it, I was going to go, is it called menopause? Is that the fog? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I mean, like I'm, I'm helping at the moment a beautiful lady up in Cairns and... She's had 30, uh, she's 40, she's 44. And she yeah. said that really since the age of 13, she has realized she's had no energy. And she's wow. now realizing what it means to have energy because she's had 30 years without it. Yeah. And she's right. had like fibromyalgia symptoms, chronic fibromyalgia, chronic oh. um, hormonal imbalance, the weight gain. She's only a little lady. And yeah. I know she was, and and it's just it's. She says it's like it's a complete new realization of how what she can do with her life. Yeah, and I just it's find it's it's kind of tra it's tragic. Yeah. I love working with with women, but I want more younger women to know about it because on the other side of the, I've also had a. Only on Monday this week, I had a, a chat with a client I worked with two years ago because she got yeah. in touch um, because she's resetting herself, which she's restarting MB again. And she basically told me she was 20, she was 20 when I worked with her, um, juvenile yeah. arthritis and endometriosis. And um, she'd seen, she'd had various surgeries. She'd had seen all of these specialists and we just got her on MB. Now her endo is completely under control and it is not an issue for her whatsoever. The juvenile arthritis, to... because how, it's how, all on, inflammation endo... in the body. It is all inflammation in right. the body. And if right. you control the inflammation, it's incredible what the body can actually then do. So we are not talking about curing anything. We are talking no, about it. truly managing it. So that because she knows when she needs to re go back and focus and look after her nutrition again, she can't deviate too far away because the inflammation just rears its head. Just because that's what a poor diet does. A poor right. diet, in essence, just causes such imbalance in the body, and then everybody has their unique way of their symptoms manifesting. That's how I really see it. It's that, um, right. There's this book called Little Fires Everywhere. I don't know if you read that book. But I always imagine yeah. that the human body is like we all have our own little fires everywhere. So some people get <laughs> joint pain, some yeah, people right. get migraines, some people get the, the chronic you know, build, you know, weight gain. 
Um, some people have hormonal issues or heavy periods and we all or gut issues. We all have our own little fires because that's where yeah, our own yeah. personal manifestation goes. But actually, often when you, you just got to fuel the body right and then we can all have our own potential. That's what excites me so much. Right. About just well, that's a pretty giving people their why. true potential. Yeah. Pretty it's int- the true yeah, potential. Pretty, pretty potential is my big thing, actually. Your yeah. word for the year. Well, your word for life. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. So yeah. now I want to hear about your own story and how we got to where you are today. Because not only, by the way, do you have Australia and New Zealand with metabolic balance, but I know that you said that the previous person who owned the license or whatever had like five and you've got about 200 plus so you're obviously doing something right and I'm very keen to hear about your background so let's start off with where were you born do you have any brothers and sisters and what did your (laughs) mum and dad do (laughs) so yeah so I was born in England um I've got one older sister so I'm the I'm the whereabouts in England So um, near Birmingham, right in the middle, right slap bang in the middle. It's quite an industrial place. It's not very pretty where I was. But actually, if you know the series Peaky Blinders on Netflix, (laughs) I was born about 10 miles away from where Peaky Blinders is set. Oh, wow. I mean, obviously not in the 1920s. (laughs) In the 1970s. I I was born in the 1970s. So, yeah. But um, so and my my mother's German. And right. my father is English, and it was always an English-speaking household. So, I w- I always wished that I had spoken more German when I was younger because yeah, you I would younger. love to be bilingual, but I am definitely not, rather unfortunately. Um, but so, um, but yeah, I am half right. German. And, and what did what did yeah. your dad do? My dad had his own business, so, Ah, and I think it's quite interesting. Yeah, so he, there was a family business, it was a paint supplier, so nothing particularly glamorous, but we had a, we had a comfortable upbringing, very, you know, it's a comfortable middle class upbringing is what I would probably say. Um, But I would also say, even though I went to an all girls school, and there was a lot of, you know, say, you know, empowering girls and one of the other things I'm very proud of of my old school um, because my old school is actually who gave a scholarship to Malala um, Youssef oh my god really yeah so I yeah so exactly so it was my school that gave her the scholarship and so I'm very proud of my old school for doing that you know and I I have a certain because I have a big passion for girls education and that's one of the things right, I so would certainly say that my what my dad he my dad never I was never spoiled, but I was also no. if I wanted if I needed something and especially if it was to do with learning or education, then it was pretty much always a yes. But I, right. I think I also never abused that either. I you know it was always a, and I was. I was a good girl. Let's just say I was a bloody good girl, really. <laughs> well, because I was going to say the way you're talking about school, I'm guessing it was a positive experience for you. It so. was. I mean, like it was a very nurturing experience. But I would also say I was chronically shy as a teen, right. as, a, as a child. I really was. Right. I, I'm a natural introvert. I, I'm a, definitely a natural introvert, and I, I'm not. Always, I'm not somebody necessarily that. I'm just not good in groups necessarily. Right, Give me one-on-one right. chatting and I can and you're fine. I, I can do lots of lovely, I love that. 
And that's probably why I, I enjoy so much of the clinic work I do, because it is all yeah. one-on-one, empowering, and, you know, getting to know people. And, okay, um, so yeah. did you, you, I, I'm assuming you finished a year 12 then? Did yeah, so I, yeah, I finished, I finished, <laughs> but also, I mean, one of the things I, my school was, was very good, but at the same time, it very much, it, it pigeonholed me probably. Because I'd gone there from a young age and they'd just seen me as this quiet little shy girl that didn't really... Right. Didn't... I, I suppose I was middle of the road, is what I'd say. I was kind of... I didn't particularly shine in any particular area, if you know what I mean. Right. If, you know, I yeah. just... But it was that whole inner... I knew that there was more in me. Uh, it, it, oh, I, I love had, this. As I, I, so, I knew... I knew there was more in me, but I couldn't, and I think you that's were underestimated. one of, yeah, and actually what I did, much to my parents' shock and horror, I actually left school before right. I finished my A-levels, because it's in, 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 in oh, gosh. A-levels, yeah. so, because I just knew I wasn't going to get what I wanted, I was I, I, it was right. I was pigeonholed too much and I remember one of my teachers just saying to me when because I wanted to go to university and she just said to me I don't know what to put on your university application form because there's nothing that you shine at Cherry oh and I just, what a horrible yeah, teacher and, and I just was like okay well uh, because I don't know I it was one of the, the other, other way is that you're good at everything yeah, well, the other way of, if I look back now, when I can fully reflect as an adult and know also about my health, the other thing yeah. I need to put in at this point is that I had chronic fatigue and I, I was asleep a lot. So, oh, right, as a I young had, girl. So my health as a young girl was always pretty high functioning with chronic gut issues, stomach aches, tiredness um i had exploratory surgery when i was about eight or nine for why i was having so much stomach aches and they oh opened God, they literally like opened my... me up and oh. looked inside and said oh she looks all right i mean that's what they yeah. did in their days they never tested oh me for God. celiac right. i was never once tested for celiac which is where i actually think I actually look back now, knowing all of my medical knowledge I have now, and I'm like, yeah, I knew it was all diet related. Now I know it was all diet related. So wow. when I when I look back at those years, I would actually say it was I I didn't shine because I also didn't have the energy to to, to really. Yeah. It's like the it's it's coming back to even what I said at the beginning about potential. Potential yeah. is such a beautiful thing, but it's also a tragic thing when somebody doesn't reach that potential. Yeah. The potential yeah. of so many people is just reduced by lack of health, lack of resources, opportunities, whatever it yeah. might be, finances, whatever it is. And I find if you can just open the door, solve a few of the little issues that people have, then that potential can shine through. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because my son had lots of stomach aches and we and I remember being beside myself Ooh. taking him to the Royal Children's with these stomach issues. And what I didn't realise, and I don't know whether you, well, you probably do know, is that 
when children are really young, anxiety becomes stomach related. It, so I mean, I would certainly, aches and yeah, it, the gut brain yeah. axis is incredibly strong and incredibly fast yeah. and powerful. But I actually thinking back now, I, I do firmly believe knowing my symptoms and everything like that. Um, that you were and my history that I don't know whether I, I, I have never actually been tested for celiac. Now. Right. I've You'd only, probably I, know if you had it, I think. Well, no, it's the, gl- I have, I know I have a very strong gluten intolerance because I, yeah. I withdrew gluten finally from my diet about 15 years ago. And that was when I feel that, and that was when I first went to see a nutritionist and that was when I changed and then did my own training and that was the pivotal moment right. in many well, ways. Right, you, now you're jumping I uh, know, I know, I'm so sorry, I'm jumping let's... ahead. But, um, but I... <clears throat> I won't be tested for celiac now because in order to be tested, I would have to eat it for two or three weeks at least. Yeah. And I have absolutely no desire to eat it ever again. And I'm Mm. not going to put myself through that in order to get some arbitrary diagnosis that I don't even, I don't even need. I don't need it. No. Well, I mean, my brother's got severe celiac, uh, got it severely. And if he has even... You know, um, a yeah. couple of cells of wheat in him. He has a very upset yeah. stomach. And well, that's the last time. The last time I had it, um, I only had some some chips that had it as a seasoning on the outside of the chips, oh, and wow. I couldn't stand up straight within twenty thirty minutes of eating them. And then I was wow. Just, I'd all, yeah, my skin reacted horrifically. I used, you know, I used to have chronic oh. um, eczema as well. I had all sorts of common okay well let's go back to when you were a little girl because we've only just finished school and now we've jumped ahead so what did you (laughs) do when you finished school (laughs) what did I do I went straight to uni that's in like a big I I went to study nutrition so but so what yeah so just sort of just fill in that gap because I I I left school um in order to change my a levels and I took myself to the local sixth form college I wanted that fresh start and at the local sixth form college I, I, I actually did. I shined because they were seeing me for a completely Flourished. new person. Yes, that's wow, what I was trying to say. They didn't pigeonhole me as no. being well, cherry. That's very who, mature of you, though. And that's to and that's sometimes that. when I look back because also it, and it was it was quite a. I mean, my dad he he passed away this year, and um, he was he was a wonderful father, and he always paid for my education. He paid and he was he prided he actually prided himself in that. But when I left school, he he didn't he wasn't in agreement with me doing it, but I did it anyway. <laughs> and I had right. to pay three pounds for my enrollment in just in the local sixth form college. Yeah. And when I then did my first year and I did my I did some exams and I did really, really well. And then he came to me when I got these exam results and he symbolically gave me three pounds back. Right. Because he actually said, said I pay right for your education. <laughs> so, oh, so isn't that, that lovely? So that was, that was, that was well my Well done though. Like that's a big deal to leave in your, you know, halfway through your A-levels or at the beginning of your A-levels. And yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not, don't want to blow my own trumpet, but actually it really was. It was a big yeah. deal to go because my parents were not in agreement. I was leaving a pretty nice private nice school. school kind of thing yeah and I but I just knew it wasn't right you know in that you just I just knew I knew it wasn't That's gonna amazing. get it wasn't gonna work me staying there yeah I had right. to change it 
And my sister Amazing. even said to me, you know, she would never have done it, but I did. I just, and so. Yeah, well because, done. And I think it's, I do do that in my life. When I realize something isn't working, I actually do say, look, no, not going to carry directions. on with this. Got to change yeah, direction. Right. You got to do something. Got to make it work and change that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What, so, a, what an yeah. extraordinary So I went to, I then, yeah, I then went to uni in Leeds and. Um, yeah. I mean, Moved there's another little home. story about that, but that's again. Well, tell me. No, tell me <laughs> uh, the story. Well, it was. <laughs> it was quite. Again, it, this is me going. I, I don't always think things through. I go a lot with my gut feeling about things. I suppose. I know that feeling. And I'd <laughs> chosen my what subject I wanted to do at uni, based on the fact that the summer before I was filling in the form, I'd had a summer fling with an Italian guy. <laughs> So right. I decided to do history with Italians. So that's what I booked right. myself in. And I was like, apply, you know, I applied to all these units to do history with Italians. That very useful university degree. <laughs> Combination. <laughs> yeah. It's incredibly useful. But anyway, I got my results back and I'd got like an A in maths and an A in chemistry. So I'm much more science based. Yeah, and, um, okay. and by this point, the Italian romance had very much fizzled out and he was in long history. So I then just flicked through a few perspectives and then came across colour chemistry. Uh, oh, I like colours. Sorry, oh, colour chemistry? Colour chemistry. So I did my first Wow, book. what's that? It's the chemistry of dyes and pigments. And I thought it would be really... Anyway, I did this because wow. I'd got chemistry and I didn't <laughs> want to do straight chemistry. So I went right. off to Leeds and I did colour chemistry, which is a tiny little department. And um, met my future husband there as well. And, no, um, really, he yeah. was studying the same thing. Yeah, so we met on my first day um, at uni, actually. Oh, that's cute. And, um, and then I carried on and I did a PhD in colour physics, which is how you see and measure colour. And I did a PhD wow. in the, the, um, the special effect um, colours on cars. So when you oh. when you make a car, a car manufacturers, they have to bring all these different pieces, the you know the the wing mirrors and the doors and the the uh, tail gate, whatever you know, whatever. They yeah. have to bring all these pieces together onto a car, and they have to look the same color. And when you've got special effect colors, which are different angles of looking at the color, they've all got to match. So I right. did a whole. How fascinating that to know that that's even a thing. I know. So what know. do you do when you've graduated with a PhD in color chemistry? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I knew I, at that point. Where did that I take of, you? <laughs> so I knew I didn't want to work for car companies because that's actually what my PhD kind of set me up for. To be honest, is right. getting a yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, totally. In the different car companies, so I had all these contacts because I was working with um, Vauxhall, which is the equivalent of. Um, Holden, hold uh, not is it Holden here? Yeah, yeah, it is Holden. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jaguar and um, uh, the VW. Yeah, boys, so I could have gone into. into working for car companies, but I absolutely yeah. knew without doubt I did not want to work for a car company. There's <laughs> no way. And then I'm thinking, well, I kind of was working in the market research because I did a lot of research between the different car companies. See, that yeah, was how my yeah. PhD went. And so, okay, I'll work in market research. And then I was just chatting to this guy and he said, oh, I know a food and drink company in Oxford that, um, you know, does market research in food and drink. And I'm like, oh, that sounds quite interesting. Well, especially because Oxford is so beautiful. Yeah, so <laughs> then we moved down to, to. Yeah, so then we moved down to Oxford 
and I. Took what was your hubby job. doing, by the way? Dur- he was the, he's works, he was working in IT the whole time. So he he right he, yeah he got job. So he got a job in IT in Oxford, and I got this job at the market research company into food and drink. And you're and all young was, and in love, and <laughs> that's it. And golden then, time. And um and we set ourselves up in Oxford, which as you say, it's a beautiful city. Yeah, um, really stunning. And um, it was very so the job then was working for all of the big food manufacturers in processed foods and helping them work their food so that it would be more de- desirable for people to buy more and Oh, eat my more. God, the irony. Exactly. <laughs> the irony of what you do it's now. It literally <laughs> is like I was on the dark side. <laughs> yes, you were. And when we talk about chalk and cheese. Yeah, and, that's li- and I actually truly think that that's part of what I had to learn. Because I think as a nutritionist, understanding what food companies do (laughs) and the amount of money, I mean, like you are talking billions of dollars to formulate foods so that people don't stop eating them. Yeah. And then we say that it's... and then we say that Naturally it's that great. person's fault that they don't stop eating them, and then it's it's all their yeah. fault, and aren't they weak, and all the rest of it that they can't that they are putting weight on and they can't lose weight, and you you know the brilliant minds that go behind the research to make sure they can't to make stop sure it's eating. addictive, exactly, yeah, right. and that's the yeah. thing that I do always like to bring to the forefront when I'm when I'm helping people too. Stop yeah. putting this pressure on yourself. And actually acknowledge what is happening. Yeah. With the food okay, industry. so so you're working in the food industry in Oxford, all very happily. What happened next? I had my kids, actually, that was it. I had my kids and so I still while working in that industry? Yeah, so I had Oscar and then um I did go back to work after about uh six, seven months and I worked part time. But then I right. got pregnant uh, for the second time with Archie, and mm. um, great name. That was when I decided to. Um, uh, well, we decided that I wasn't because the the hours because it was an agency I was working for, very very long yeah. hours actually at times, right. and it's a it was kind of a young it is a. It, it wasn't conducive. I couldn't, I didn't find it conducive. And I wasn't, I wasn't actually very happy because I could see what I was doing. <laughs> I see, I mean, yeah, I was a tiny, t- I was a tiny cog in the wheel. I really was a tiny yeah. cog in yeah. the wheel. But you could also see what you were doing in terms of essentially working for big food that really had nothing to do with health and well being and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so there was, so it know, was, it, did you, did you have an interest in health and well being by this stage? I was starting to, I would probably say. I was starting to. And um uh, Okay, so you're I, unhappy there. So I decided I just decided and, and Alec was in my husband, he was in a you know, the, the the work allowed me to be a mum for a few years basically. I was okay. I was very fortunate in that aspect that we could survive on one salary. Yeah, and nice. um, you know, it wasn't anything lavish, but we we could survive on one salary, and that's what we did. Um, and that was when I then started to think about my health. And I read, so I had Archie, 
and then I didn't go back to work. And right. um, but then I read the nutrition a, a book called Nutrition Bible by Patrick yeah. Holford, and he is a UK-based nutritionist. And I think that book was what was like. I was reading it, going, "Oh my God, I got that! Oh, oh, that! Oh gosh, this is me! This is you know, this right. is me!" And that was then. I then booked myself in and went to see a nutritionist, and then they told me, you know, and then I, I went back to uni. So when Archie was probably about eighteen months, I then signed up right. for my third degree. <laughs> Right, okay, and, um, and completed that sort of part-time while you were being mum. And I completed that part-time, and I, oh my God, I loved that so much. Because I had to go to London <laughs> um, one weekend a month for the full weekend. So I oh. I basically left the kids at home, and then I went to London, and suddenly I was just Cherry. I was no longer, you know, Oscar or Archie's mum or Alex's wife. I was just Cherry. Everybody on the course only knew me as Cherry. And uh, you like these new starts, don't you? I do. I, I do, yeah. I think. You're right. Makes I, sense. I think it's just where you can actually just truly just be yourself without any kind That's of right. preconceived ideas. Or, um, and, yeah, I absolutely loved my course. I loved every minute of it. Because I think I love okay. education. I do love doing. I do love. Yeah, doing. clearly. I mean, you've got three degrees, including a PhD. So clearly, yeah. you do like. I do studying I and do. learning stuff. But I, but I also so, so, like it, the study yeah. to be for, with a focus. I don't just study for the sake of it either. I've got to have so a Italian and history. Are yeah, probably, I, that's it's good. You didn't do them exactly. <laughs> you realise it, it was just such a whim, and that's to like so many people could we do things on a whim. I know our lives change on a I whim, know, don't they? I know, I know, but sometimes they're okay. Can, so yeah. okay, so you're um you've finished this nutrition degree now, and you've got two young kids. Yes. What came next? What do you do with a nutrition degree? So that's when I start. I set up my uh, start setting up a home practice. I had a home practice, right? And I was starting to build up, and I, but the first couple, the first, I remember when I was doing my studying, I remember saying to myself, I never want to do weight loss. Gosh, weight loss is hard. There's a lot to think yeah. about with weight loss. I don't want to ever specialize in weight loss. But then yeah. the first couple of clients, they kept on saying, well, I want to resolve this, this, and I want to lose a bit of weight. And so right. you're realizing, okay, I really do need to find something that's going to be super effective you know be very highly ethical i you know the diet industry is a hideous industry it's toxic it is and it's um, a juggernaut and, too yeah it's and and i need to find something that would really work and i don't i don't quite remember exactly where i found... can i just ask at at this stage your own nutrition was on track so i would say my so, own nutrition was much much improved so I given cut up out, the gluten by then? I'd, I'd cut out gluten by then. Right. But it, it, did, yeah. it did take me a while. I would say from when I was first told I had to cut out gluten to when I finally said goodbye, never to go back, was about nine months. So it took me a while right. to get used to this idea because it's, you know, I, I want people well, to I know that Well, I mean, you're in too. England and it's all about sandwiches and yeah, well, it's the same with anywhere. And... We're all everywhere. Yeah. Gluten yeah. is everywhere. But you've kind of got yeah. to make a decision if you want to what you want to keep having in your life and is it toxic or is it okay in many ways and that was took me a while but 
yeah, I haven't looked back with that. But my, I would say my health was reasonably good, but I was still By had stage. skin issues. I still had the odd eczema going on. I was having a bit of eczema around my mouth and my eyes. Um, and uh, the tiredness was still pretty evident as well. Okay, so, so was, what came next? So you'd set up the home practice. So I set up the home practice and I'm kind of thinking I need something to help people with weight loss and then I stumble across yeah. metabolic balance. And right. then I went and did this the training course for metabolic balance in London and um, I put myself on metabolic balance pretty much straight away when I got back home. I did my two weeks right. reset. And oh my God, was it, I, I remember thinking, yeah, it, it was my blood sugar at that time. My blood sugar balance was really quite poor. I was the snacking queen. I used to snack for England. Um, I was right. a bit of a grazer. And that's when I really realized how, you know, how that just does not serve that, that you. Is, um, yeah. And you get into this loop of, thinking I have to snack but actually it's part of the snacking is part of the problem but you have to keep going because otherwise your blood sugar drops you know I, right. I, my blood sugar was very poorly managed at that time I, I had times when I would faint in the supermarkets because of my blood sugar oh my god Jerry so you know right. again and then I put myself on two weeks of metabolic balance and I would say that was when my health just went jump. it just leaped up and right. that was the start of me truly getting myself back. So this is, again, where one of the reasons, you know, I love metabolic balance and I, it, the potential to, to really take your, your, your health to the level where it could be. I often yeah. think that my potential, if I had been told as a teenager to, that How if to I'd known properly. that... <laughs> I actually yeah. do think, I wonder where I could have been, you know, in in, yeah. in terms of doing stuff. Um, okay, so so, yeah. so when, I'm, I'm assuming we're getting close to the decision to move to Australia. Yes, so that that basically happened probably How about, did that come about? <laughs> we were in Italy. We were, so my husband, <laughs> yeah, of course we were. My husband, from the very first conversation we had back in uni, he'd often said how much he would love to live on this side of the world, either Australia or New Zealand. He would just, right. you know, he would. Why? Had he been here? He had just, so when we child? met, he'd had, uh, he'd done a three-month placement working for a company in New Zealand. Um, right. In his, while he was at uni, he'd got a three-month placement thing one summer, uh, which right. um, was a winter here. But he'd done three months in New Zealand and absolutely loved it. And um, so he often talked about it. But I always answered back, oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, I couldn't do that. <laughs> the queen um, of reinvention yeah. saying, oh, no, I couldn't um, make a change but I that think, big. I, I think over the years, the thought kept on, it was percolating in my head. And it kept on being. Yeah. And I think as well, by the time I, we were, so it was 2013, the boys were, it, they were eight and ten. Um, I'd finished my degree. I, my practice wasn't really established yet. You know, it's like it was building right. there, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't really zinging kind of thing. It was, it was still ticking along like a little hobby practice, probably, you'd probably say. Yeah, right. And um, I think 
So we were sat in Italy on holiday and we were sat on, out on the deck with a nice glass of wine and the beautiful sun. And um, Alec just said to me, you know, if we live somewhere like Australia, we could have this all, you know, just all the time. All the time. And I just said, well, all right then. And I think literally he just dro- he just sort of like stopped and just stared at me. <laughs> I was like, what did That's you just so say? That's so funny. What did, yeah. and he, did you just? But it often is something yeah. little like that. I know my parents, um, We, my dad was in the army and we lived in Germany for a long time. And then we went to Cyprus for a year when I was mm. about five. And my parents decided they wanted to move here on the basis of us eating breakfast outside in Cyprus. And they went, wouldn't it be great to go to a country where we could do this all the time? Yeah. So it's funny, isn't it? It's often yeah. something very little. Yeah. So, yeah. And that so, was, and, and that was the, and, and as soon as we got home from Italy, Alex like going, so you did say yes, I'm going to, and he, <laughs> I mean, my husband as well, he's not known for his organisational stuff. He does right. not organise anything. But I was yeah. just like, okay, well, if you sort out the visa, I'll say yes. And he just, okay. he went straight into it. He did not waste time. <laughs> and we, that was in Good September 2012. And we got the visa in April 2013. And we moved wow, that's to Australia in September 2013, which was, and we, right. we left England the day after my 40th birthday. Oh, how great. I love that. That sort of mark. So you marked it with all of your friends and then yeah. went, we're off for a new life. That's pretty much it. So oh, yeah. what was it? So what was it like coming to Australia? Did you go straight to Queensland? Yes, we did a bit of a recce trip in the, before we came, just Alec and I came over. And this was the very first time I'd even set foot in Australia. So we'd already got our <laughs> visa. And right. The first and you'd already time said, said yes. And I'd already said yes. And this is when we arrived and we did, we'd, we'd whittled it down to either Sydney or Brisbane. And right. um, we stayed with a friend of my sister in Mosman, which is a beautiful, obviously, you know, beautiful area yeah, of Sydney. Yeah. And I remember going, we went there first. I'm like, oh, I like it here. Oh, yes, I could live here. Yeah, yeah. And look. then you realize how much it costs and you're like, ah. <laughs> Yes, I don't think we'll be going there. I don't think we're going here. So so Mosman wasn't where. So we then came to Brisbane and, yeah, we just, it just felt right where we are now, where we're in Cleveland, we're in the Redlands, just outside Brisbane. So we're about uh, 30 minutes outside Brisbane and it's, it's 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 a good place to have brought up our boys, yeah. Right, okay, so then you arrive in Australia. Alec obviously had to go and find a job. Yeah, you well, had done we, the metabolic balance in the UK. Yeah. So what happened next? Um, I didn't. So Alec got a job. Actually, his first job was working for his old boss in England, working out of our IT support <laughs> from Australia. Right. So um, and then <laughs> and then sense. he and then he got he did get a job by um with a with a yeah company here, um and um. I then slowly set up my practice and started seeing people. And um, and I was the only practitioner in Queensland offering metabolic balance. And I, you know, it's that whole, yeah, the slow reputation that you get. Because when yeah, somebody yeah. does MB, their friends see, well, what have you been doing? I want to do that. That's right. So it's, it's all word of mouth. And so I very much, very quickly built up my practice and you realize I mean like I kept, we came to Brisbane hardly knowing anybody we have no family we had no, nobody yeah. no, I had no contacts at all so you it was 
people was... re- people think that if you come from the UK, it's so much easier. But it actually, I mean, I remember mm. how difficult it was. I mean, you love the place mm. and you love the roads and mm. the freedom and the weather. Mm. But it's really lonely and people in Australia yeah. are always saying, oh, yeah, I went to primary school with that person or, yeah, oh, yeah, we became friends yeah. in high school and you're an adult and you're like, I've missed all of that. Yeah. I can't and, have and, those. And that's the bit it's that tough. I think I, it, it, it is tough because a lot of the time, well, people are in their little groups and they don't need yeah. somebody else coming in. They don't need another friend as in like, no. they, you know, whereas I, you know, so it's been, I've got some beautiful friends, um, you know, beautiful now. friends now, of course. But it was a. But I've been here. You know, we've been ten years now. Um, so yeah, and I think kids kids helps. Kids helps when they're younger. Yeah. Because remember, yeah. we I came when the we came when the boys were nine and eleven, and by this time so you're not the doing the school. play date, so to speak, where you stick no. around and chat for endless hours with the mums and get to know each other. That kind of because a lot of my good friends in the UK are all that, you know, fellow mums that I've spent yeah. hours talking inanely about, you know, yes. that kind of, that you put the hours yeah. of work, of, of effort in, uh, to, you know, to build the relationships. Because it is the it is building that relationships again. And people yeah. just knowing you and knowing what you stand for because they know you. And that, you can't, you can't just... And that just takes time. That, that yeah. takes time. Exactly. That takes time. But I have to say that Australians are in general, and you would know that, much more friendly than a lot of people in the UK are much more suspicious mm. for a while. You might need to meet them four or five times before they'd ask you over for a barbecue. Mm. Whereas in Australia, I think if people like you, they'll say, why don't you come over next week or yeah, no, this, whatever. So. Definitely. I mean, I, I do love living here. I feel incredibly fortunate living here. Um, I feel incredibly fortunate for the the beautiful country that we, are, we have yeah, here. Yeah. Um, I always still appreciate the brightness of the sky. I mean, if you've ever lived for any extended period in the UK, oh my goodness, it can be dark. Just grey and very close. Gray, I think the openness close. of the sky. Yeah, it's yeah. It, there's a different brightness here. The light yes. quality. It's I think in, painters talk about that as well. The light <laughs> quality is incredible here and I love yeah. it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, really. Oh, do. well, I'm so glad you did come here. Okay, now I've got a couple of other little questions and then we're going yeah. to have to wrap it up. But um, along the way, have you had any, just because this is She's the Boss, I like to mm. ask, have there been any women that have really helped you in your career that you want to tell us about? There's been a lot of, I mean, I was, I was thinking about this um, quite a bit because I would say there's been a lot of women that have really supported me and even now, I've got some a great group of um, ladies um, around me that are really yeah. great mentoring group as well. And even in the profession, the naturopathic, nutritional, and functional medicine field, it's very yeah. female dominated as well. So we've got some real champions. So nice. Real champions. When I first took on the full management of metabolic balance, and I was really thinking about how to get people trained up in, like fellow nutritionists and practitioners trained up in the program. Um, I, I mean, I'm I would say there was a there was one late, one friend of mine, Julie Mason. Um, she was very instrumental in helping me put together the program. And I often think back oh, to that point where I think the 
my training could have gone off in a different direction if I hadn't had a really great couple of sessions with her where she really directed me into oh, a good yeah, place good. to go with it. Um, oh. And um, so I am always very thankful for Julie. At times, okay. you know, there's, there's times that we put together, I'm like, oh, why did I agree to doing that? Because I do very <laughs> intensive mentoring. Right. <laughs> Which is, you know, time intensive and I, I love it. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, I've committed to this now because Julie told me to do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> we right. love Julie. <laughs> love Julie. Yeah. So, so okay. um, yeah. And, um, and then there's, um, I mean, even meeting you, Jules, has been incredibly instrumental in helping me re-look at how to talk about MB, promote MB, um, oh, good. So that's Thank you know you. again. There's all. I wasn't fishing for compliments. I know you I weren't. I know you weren't. Okay. But... Um, next question. You've been running a business for a while here, uh, and you don't have to share this with me if this is uncomfortable. But um, rarely does it all go smoothly. Ooh. So have there been any times where it's become a bit challenging and you've had to change direction that you could tell us a story about? Or has it because it because it's a f- sort of franchisee oh. kind of thing? Maybe you don't because it it was around for twenty years, no. wasn't it? Well, it's I mean, like it's a I I had the license. It's a it's a license, not a franchise for Metabolic Balance. So I had the license for Metabolic Balance Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, and um, the challenge has often been because I've had to create a lot of the support and the right um, and everything so i've had to create a lot of stuff for myself to use to, to really right. help practitioners move forward and understand how to to to, to okay. use mb in their practice and support clients with mb so that's always been that the challenge and was One there the a big, moment the big challenge we, as well as i've yeah. often found is is also the promotion of mb do i do I yeah. really promote it to the to the individual people who need to use MB? But I because I want them to go to the individual practitioners, and then but the practitioners yeah. are a different kind of demographic that I need them to know about MB that they talk about it to their clients. So there's always yeah. that that balance of of um, where am I really pr- putting my focus to get more people knowing that this incredible nutrition program exists. And is there a learning in that? Is there something that, you know, has finally helped you build some traction or is it just purely the numbers of, of practitioners? The, the, the learning is, I, I, I do truly believe I need to be focusing my true efforts on the practitioners because people yeah. still want to relate on a one-to-one basis and they need to. Yeah. They need their practitioners to, yeah. to, to tell them what they need to be doing as well. Because Metabolic Balance is a completely practitioner-led program because people need that support of somebody who knows what they're talking about, helping right. them really make the lifestyle changes that they need. Um, it's not a just buy a book or you know this is a plan you do by yourself and then when you don't understand how to do something or you get lost with what's happening or in it's your not body working or you, you feel think sick or you or think whatever. it's not working and you give up yeah. that's the tragedy it's an absolute <laughs> tragedy when people yeah. convince themselves because i don't know they've 
not lost any weight on the scales and they say oh this is just I'll give up I'll just I'll just go back to eating whatever again and I'm like oh my goodness your poor body is crying out for you to believe in yourself this a bit is actually longer. very therapeutic for me this talk because I may or may not I don't want to incriminate myself have slide have slid slidden slid, yeah. slid <laughs> yeah. a bit from that and I'm I'm all at power I'm all in, um inspired now to get yeah, back on it it's honest you the the human body it is does the make most, a huge difference. Makes a huge difference, and it is the yeah. simple choices you make every day. Um, yeah, I, there's exactly. a business just, concept just... that I love talking about, which is called the slight edge. You you heard the slight edge? No. It's a business concept. So it's giving. It's if you imagine in a business that a business that has just great processes, great um, products, or whatever. It gives them the slight edge over their competitors. So they are going right. to be just that little bit more successful, which means that they will grow, they will benefit just that little bit. And we're talking properly in the long run. We're not talking about right. massive so sales in a day. We yep. are talking, yep. we are just doing things. We are putting something in place that means over time, my business will be successful. That in five year time, I will still be around. I have yep. the slight edge. Now, if you right. translate that to the human body, if you do something just consistently, like drinking the right amount of water for yourself every day without fail, you will give yourself the slight edge that you do not have high blood pressure, you do not have kidney issues, you do not have headaches, yeah. you do not have tiredness, you do not have um, joint issues, all of this stuff that you can do. You can think clearly. You have better concentration. And it comes yeah. back purely because you're drinking water. You've given yourself the slight edge. Now, right. if you I magnify like that. that with many different, like not even many, just a couple of different things, like you have breakfast every day that's a really yeah. good breakfast, you again give yourself the slight edge. And that's what I want to, you know, if Envy allows people to know what they need to do that ultimately gives them the slight edge that they don't end up in an old heat people's home. They don't get yeah. diabetes. They don't have, you know, but we can't guarantee any of that, but we can give you the slight no. edge that you just potentially not yeah. going to do that. And the education to understand what's good and what's yeah. bad so that you at least know that you're not sticking to the good bits if you're not. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. One, two more quick questions. First one is how do you do the juggle? You've got two kids, you've got quite a big business, you've got a partner. How do you stop yourself burning out? What sort of boundaries do you put around your week? I I know I'm very I am susceptible to burnout. My adrenals from I know my adrenals are not that strong. So I have to be super right. careful to be honest. And this is actually where I do deliberately not check emails late at night and that kind of stuff I right. try to really actually have an end point and I it's about it's that recognition I don't actually do anything that's like an emergency you know sometimes we can lull ourselves into this idea that our businesses have this emergency that oh my god I have yeah. to answer that straight away but actually when you look at it do you know what that can wait till tomorrow that can I that's can right. answer that question I can what, get back yeah. to that tomorrow one or of I the can... one of the biggest things that I did that changed everything was put my phone on silent. Yeah. I was talking about that with someone the other day and saying, I remember my mum did it and I said, what's the point of even having a phone if you don't answer it? 
And then I put it on silent myself and went, wow, people still call. You can still call them back five minutes later. Yeah, I think, But I think you don't have that constant yeah, pressure and interruption. I, I, I know. And I think yeah. it's this recognition that we don't have to be 24-7 on. I still no. have to. I mean, I, and I, I also do prioritise time just sat, you know, Alec and I just... I don't know, binge watching some TV show yeah, or something, nice, you know. Nice. It's actually, but you've got to do that, I think, got, to just exactly. give your brain a rest. I, I, I need to have the downtime. I do need yeah. that. And yeah. it makes you more creative as yeah. well, I think. Yeah. It gives you that yeah. distance from your mm. business to be able to look at it properly rather than always working in it yeah. and not being able to yeah. see the wood for the trees. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, last question. Is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? <laughs> I don't know I whether I question. do have. I, I mean, like you don't love I, heavy metal music, or you're. Uh, what, I, I mean, some like, of the things I've I heard are hilarious. My, my, I do have this secret ambition. Well, it's not so secret. It's all, but my, I do have this ambition <laughs> of uh, ultimately, I want to have lots of cats and have a pottery shed because I love pottery. I do do pottery every <laughs> week, and I've been doing that since I, I started that. Well, there Four you go. There's ago. the quirky fact. Yeah. Right. So I have this, I would love to have my own pottery shed with my own little kiln and my own wheel and my own little creative space. That you I sound can... like my best friend from school. She's got that. She's living your yeah. dream. So that's, but, in Melbourne, I, but I want to have it, it, it like in a little, maybe sort of not acreage that's too onerous to look after, but. I, you know, we have a but like little, land around you, a, a little bit, a little bit of land, and I really want chickens. I'm gonna, I really right. want to have my four chickens, and um, yeah, I'm gonna. Well, have I think to, you yeah. should. I have yeah. no doubt you'll get it all. Now, if anybody, you, this has just been fabulous, and thank you for sharing your story. If anybody would like to get in touch with you or Metabolic Balance, what are the details to do that? Yeah, so the website for Metabolic Balance is metabolic-balance.com.au. So you can yep. um, also on the Facebook page, Metabolic Balance ANZ. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn as well, um, Cherry yeah, Wills. And so, great. yeah, well, I'm, I would happy, encourage very, I'm always... I'm always happy to chat away about Metabolic Balance. I'm, I, I, yeah, you know, give cool. me the opportunity and, and I, I, can, I can fill you in, yeah. Well, I'm living proof that it absolutely does what it says on the label. So thank you so much. I hope this has inspired a whole lot of other women as well. And um, I really appreciate it and can't wait to now jump back on the bandwagon. (laughs) Love it. Love it. That's what it's all about. Your plan is there. Once you've got your plan, that is the world's your oyster. Yeah, that's right. And you you don't have to have special food or supplements or anything. So it's great. It's it's amazing. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jules. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.